the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here flying solo on an express edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Uh, the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy, will be back on air with me tomorrow. And without further ado, let's just go ahead and hop right into it. Finally, mercifully, the gambling gods have spoken and one of the legal sports books has posted number one seed odds. And for those of you that may or may not be familiar, I'm a bracketologist this time of year for BallySports.com. You can check out my bracket big board. Daily updates, usually multiple times, each and every day, now through Selection Sunday at BallySports.com. And, you know, I was trying to see, you know, the usual suspects are there. They're all minus odds. Uh, Auburn are the worst odds of the projected current number one seeds at minus 106. And I was trying to unearth some value. And there are a couple of teams that stuck out to me. Number one, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. And, and I know the ACC is just entirely tepid. But at 4-1, to one, they do have an outside shot of uh, jumping to that one seed line. Haven't projected right now as the number seven overall seed. So the second lowest number two seed on the latest iteration of the bracket. Big board. You look at the nitty gritty. 24-4 overall. 71 strength of schedule. Not the greatest there. And again, that just speaks to how mediocre the ACC has been this season. They do have a quadrant three loss on the resume. So there is a black eye, but five and one against quadrant one competition, five and two. So a combined 10 and three against Q1 and Q2 teams. So not too shabby overall, but my favorite team on the board has got to be the Texas Tech Red Raiders and guns up as uh, they, uh, when we saw the early reveal from the selection committee last weekend, were on the two-seed line, and they're a plus 150 to secure a number one seed. And, and Texas Tech has got all the goods, folks. Um, you know, whether you're looking at Ken Palm, whether you're looking at Sagarin, uh, you're looking at Haslametrics, you're looking at Bart Torvik, and, you know, the selection committee does take into account some of these advanced analytics sites that are out there. You know, number seven in the net right now, 14 overall strength to schedule, a seven wins against quarter one competition and no bad losses. And plus also unblemished against Q2s. I mean, they've been extraordinary at home, 17-0. They've won some big games on the road, though they have a three and five record away from Lubbock. But that's a team that down the stretch, if, you know, they can win out in the Big 12 conference and uh, maybe also get the automatic berth in the Big 12 tournament, you could see them on the one seed line. They finish at TCU, very winnable game there, and that would be another quadrant one win. Home against Kansas State, and then at Oklahoma State. So keep your eyes on the Red Raiders. Don't also hate them at 30 to one to win the whole enchilada. That line posted at DraftKings. All right, bartender, bartender on this hashtag Tequila Thursday. Pour me another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, the NBA is officially back, and I'm going to get you some NHL picks from Nathaniel Lundy at the end of the pod, but let's dive into a couple player props here, uh, and one that immediately tickles my fancy. Of course, it's my guy. University of Illinois is in action tonight against Ohio State. Uh, we're going to break that game down here a little bit later on in the broadcast, but uh, I'm going to go with Io DeSumo, product of the U of I, taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, uh, Io now a member of the Chicago Bulls, been one of the standout rookies in the NBA this season. And I'm going to take the over on one and a half steals plus blocks and get seduced by the juice at plus 115. 
Uh, you look at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they are a team that has really struggled defensively this season. Now, they've actually been really good in opponents, steals, and blocks allowed. Ninth few is steals per game allowed. Eleventh few is blocks per game allowed. And Io did go under uh, in one of the two prior matchups earlier this season. He had one steal in a game against the Hawks on 12-27, but he only played 25 minutes. And then the other one, uh, he had a couple of blocks and a steal. So combined three in 20 minutes played. So pretty efficient numbers there. He is seeing his usage spike here in the month of February, averaging 38.6 minutes per game. And he's been over this. And three of his last four. So you know he's going to have those active hands. And if I can uh, swipe a couple of balls, maybe reject one into the seats, although that is a rarity, I think he will cash over at plus 115 on one and a half combined steals plus blocks in the ATL. Number four. All right, stick it with the same category and let's go to another rookie and a guy that is actually your front runner for rookie of the year national basketball association this season at minus 350 really a runaway candidate uh, for the surprising cleveland cavaliers that is the former usc trojan who wears the shortest shorts and you always worry about something falling out of those shorts so hopefully he's got uh, tight undergarments talk about evan mobley and his game overall is teasite and i'm going to take the over on two and a half blocks plus steals against the woeful Detroit Pistons at plus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook. You look at what Mobley has done against Detroit earlier this season. Uh, he got three blocks in total in a matchup on January 30th and in a, another matchup against Detroit on November 12th. He had a combined six blocks plus steals. So he's cruised past this. In consecutive games uh, against Detroit, he's been over this number three of his last five. Uh, you look at the Pistons and what they've given up this season. The seventh most opponent blocks per game and the 11th most steals per game. And we know that Mobley with his length, his off-the-charts athleticism, one of the premier rim protectors and defenders already in the NBA. And I think he is going to take care of business and score us a winning ticket again at plus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Number three. All right, let's go out west and talk a little college basketball, shall we? Man, last night was awesome. Uh, Providence game uh, is going to go down as uh, one of the legendary performances, not only the season, but probably in Friars lore with the leaky roof and the triple overtime and Bynum hitting the big shots and plunging daggers. We had to sweat that sucker out for three hours and 33 minutes, but for you... Folks on the Ed Cooley side, oh, it's totally worth it. So hopefully we'll have uh, some additionally, additional hotly contested games tonight. And in the Pac-12, I think we're going to get one with Arizona State in Colorado uh, taking on the Buffs. And now I'm going to go with the Devils and say forks up at plus five and a half, minus 110 at MGM. You look at Arizona State playing some inspired ball for Bobby Hurley. 4-0 in their last four games against the spread and in their last eight contests. So sorting since February 1st at BartTorvik.com. They're number 58 overall in terms of efficiency standings. Number 12 in adjusted defensive efficiency, giving up to 0.906 points per possession while also allowing just 27.2% from way downtown. Uh, you know, CU absolutely stampeded over the Sun Devils 
in the first matchup in Team P back on January 15th, winning 75 to 57. So revenge game, revenge game. Let's get it. Uh, and this uh, CU team has won five straight, but where they have really piled up the points is from outside uh, as they are netting 39% from distance in Pac-12 play. So knowing that Arizona State's really extended that defense, the perimeter, if they can neutralize some of those long-distance shots, uh, create some diversions, some bricks being laid, I think they're going to score a cover for the fifth straight game. So I'm willing to dance with the Devils. Are you? Stick around for my top picks on this hashtag tequila Thursday in college basketball plus bonus time in the NBA, the NHL, and naturally more college hoops. Number two. All right, let's get to my alma mater and a massive game for them if they want to win the hardware of the Big Ten regular season and a three-horse race right now with Wisconsin, who fended off uh, Minnesota last night on the road, and, of course, with the Purdue Boilermakers, who swept Illinois in the regular season. So my Illini link six against the Ohio State, and I'm going to take the chalk here. Look, I'm trying to bury all the bias and speak as objectively as I can, but this is not a great matchup for Ohio State on paper. A team that is north of number 90 in the country and adjusted offensive efficiency, and I think they're going to get tattooed in the post by none other than Kofi Coburn, who is doing some ridiculous things, historic things uh, in terms of uh, what he is putting up statistically. You know, a guy that's averaging a double-double a game. Uh, he's good for, you know, at least 20 and, and 10 every single contest that he goes out there. And you look at Ohio State in Big Ten play, uh, you know, mediocre 47.1% allowed in the post. And, you know, it's going to fall on Zeke. It's going to fall on EJ Liddell. They're going to have to try to bracket Coburn. Uh, his size is just going to be bothersome and problematic. So as a result, um, I think he's going to get his. And what's key for Illinois is this. Coburn's going to go out and get his double-double. Trent Frazier's usually good for, you know, his customary 15 points in a game. And he has been a marksman, a sharpshooter, and an excellent facilitator for much of this season. But who's going to step up and play that X-factor, that third score role? Is it going to be Alfonso Plummer who's been kind of up and down here these last couple of weeks? Is it going to be Jacob Grandison who came, you know, came off a 24-point nuking of Michigan State in East Lansing? Is it going to be Andre Curbelo off the bench still getting his conditioning and his win back after a bout of COVID-19 and, of course, the post-concussion issues? Uh, you know, Illinois is going to need that third score to step up, and I think we're going to get one of those guys who will do that, drain some big shots, get in the anywhere between the you know 14 to 20-point range, and if that comes to fruition, knowing that the Illini – uh, are just relentless on defense. You know, one of the more balanced teams in the country, they're top 25 nationally on the season, adjusted offensive and defense efficiency, and they have allowed the fewest points per possession of any team in the Big Ten. I think they will keep themselves in the race for the Big Ten regular season title, and they will knock off and crack those nuts of Ohio State. So once again, give me the I-L-L minus six inside the State Farm Center against E.J. Liddell and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number one. All right, my top play in college basketball tonight, and I'm going to stay out west, and I'm going to go with the over in the Gonzaga-San Francisco game. And we've seen this total come down. I think it opened at like 157, 157 and a half. 
uh, pulled this number from BetMGM right before tape time at 155.5. So a whole lot of nickels there. And there's going to be a lot of dimes dropped in this game on both sides of the ledger. Massive game for the Dons, who I projected right now uh, to finish in that 8-9 seed range come selection Sunday. The Zags, of course, fixed atop the number one of number one seeds. And I don't think they're really going to budge. Uh, Zags laying 10 in this contest. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to avoid the spread because I think that's a well-priced number. But I think the total's too low. And I understand what's going into the thinking here, why the number's coming down, because Gonzaga's been under... Uh, uncharacteristically so, in five consecutive games. But San Francisco at home, they've hit the over in four of their last five games. Tempo is going to dictate whether or not the over is going to hit here. And I can tell you both these teams love to fly and play at a brisk pace. Gonzaga on the season, number three in adjusted tempo. According to Ken Palm, San Francisco, number 79 in adjusted tempo. So they're not going to be bashful, or Todd Golden's Don's, in terms of revving the engine and running with Gonzaga. Uh, we know that Gonzaga's got all the firepower in the world with Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren and Strother. Uh, they just got guys that can bombard you in so many ways. But San Francisco with Shabazz, with Booyah, uh, they can levy uh, knockout punches of their own. The Zags on the season number four and adjusted offensive efficiency. Uh, San Francisco number 54 in that category since January 15th. So, and what should be a NASCAR-paced affair, I think the over 155.5 cashes us a winning ticket. All right, with that put to rest, let's get to a little bonus time, bonus time action. And I know you've been waiting on pins and needles for the parlay play of the day, which I have hit in three consecutive evenings. So I've got a fun little five-legger I'm going to toss out there, plus eight, uh, 282. Uh, put this together at DraftKings Sportsbook. All money lines here. Give me Indiana against Maryland. Indiana backs against the wall. I know they lost five straight games. Uh, should have slammed the door in Ohio State. They left it open, got to overtime. They got whacked. So uh, the Hoosiers have got to win this game. Zero margin for error. They lose. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to go dancing this season. And then, again, they're at home. They're giving up just 0.878 points per possession. That's number nine in college basketball. Give me Murray State at home. And a colossal matchup between the behemoths of the OVC, uh, and that being their primary competitor in Belmont. Uh, Murray State this season in conference play, generating a second chance 36.5% uh, of the time. Uh, I, I think they're going to get after too much size, uh, too much a splashing ability from outside as Belmont you know, has been much better defensively in conference play, but overall rather bland at best in that category. Give me Memphis at home against Temple. Uh, the Tigers suddenly rolling after the outburst from Penny about a month ago. They are number seven in college basketball and overall efficiency, according to Bartorvik, in the month of February. They should roll with ease. Give me USC on the road against the hapless Beavers, who are just god-awful. One in 14 in the Pac-12. Number 297 on the season at adjusted defensive efficiency. USC should cruise to a sweat-free win. And then give me Long Beach State. Yeah, the beach to take down UC San Diego, a team that they clobbered 87-69 on the road earlier this season. They play at enough tempo pace. Number 18 in the country in adjusted tempo. And they can really splash from outside. So, again, Indiana, Murray State, Memphis, USC, Long Beach, all three, or excuse me, all five of those teams win. And we cash close to a three-to-one ticket at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Lundy, 
Send in his picks in the NHL. He likes Columbus at Florida on the over six and a half total. Florida's last seven home games have gone over this total, according to Lundy. Uh, Florida beat Columbus 9-2 on January 15th and had a 12 total goal output in the second go-round on January 31st. So he likes the the uh, over in that. A lot of biscuits in the baskets between the Blue Jackets and the Florida Panthers. Uh, meanwhile, bonus time, additional bonus time in hockey. Uh, he likes back to the goal in the first 10 well, two-legger, he says. Uh, he thinks this is a gift. Columbus slash Florida and Minnesota slash Toronto. Pay it on that, plus 127. In the NBA, Lundy is on Nikola Jokic for a block. And Jeremy Grant also for a block. That little two-legger at plus 171 at DraftKings. And he's also over on Marcus Smart. One and a half made triples uh, against Brooklyn in two games against the Nets. He's shooting 41%, 9 of 21 from way downtown. And he's averaging 5.1 three-point attempts per game in the month of February. And I'll toss in one more NBA play that I like. Give me Desmond Bain over 19 and a half points against the T-Wolves. He's gone for Blackjack, 21 and 21 of both matchups against Minnesota this season. Uh, has been over in three of his last five games. Uh, and Minnesota middling in all of the advanced analytics categories, especially in three-point percentage D, which is specialty of Bain, and adjusted defensive efficiency. And there you have it. That is a wrap on this rapid-fire pew, pew, pew edition of the Fade It Always podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. Follow me there, at Noisy Cuevas. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.